have just had a great time. Pastor Jesse and uh, Sister Beth, as they have, they labored here in a very, and uh, just really a blessing, not only to this congregation, but my life as well. And just to know what God is doing and uh, for them to come and see the building and the progress has just been thrilling and just, just as the others have come. But there's, uh, you know, he's the most recent, so he's probably the most special in hearts. And so let's welcome him again as he comes. Pastor Jesse. Amen. Praise God. Do appreciate all who are here tonight. You have given your Saturday to be in church this evening. Amen. And I'm so grateful for all that God is going to do. Of course, we have Proverbs chapter three. If you have your Bibles tonight, amen. We're going to turn to the word of God to appreciate that ministry tonight. And again, do appreciate uh, your faithfulness to be here, those who have traveled in to be part of our service. So grateful uh, for you making the investment, the time that you've set aside. Amen. Loved ones that are here tonight and new friends that are here tonight. I'm so grateful for all that have come tonight to this service. Proverbs chapter 3, if you have your Bibles. In 1956... At the age of 24 years old, a man by the name of Dr. Bobby Robertson, he became the pastor of Gospel Light Baptist Church in North Carolina. And he stayed pastoring at that congregation for 62 years until he passed in 2018. From 24 years old, 62 years of ministry, an honorary article wrote, God has used his faithfulness to not only build a church, but also to challenge and encourage hundreds of preachers to be faithful. See, there is something about love and faithfulness, when it's found in a person that appeals to the human personality. It appeals to people. And this is because these are characteristics of God. God identifies himself as a faithful God. God is uh, 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 recorded by different authors throughout Scripture as a faithful God. God also identifies himself as love. In 1 John, God is love. God identifies himself as a loving father. And so this is something, these two things we need at work in us personally and at work in us as a corporate body because as our passage reveals tonight, love and faithfulness. They are things that God wants in our lives, but what do they lead to? Love and faithfulness lead to success in life. Let's look at this. Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to read verses 3 through 4. Tonight I'm reading from the ESV translation. It says, Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. 
Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. I want to think about this tonight. Love and faithfulness. Let's lay a foundation. Let's talk first about the valuable things. Our passage is a reminder of two valuable qualities that God intends to be at work in us. He calls, he highlights these steadfast love and faithfulness. God speaks through this verse. He says, let them not forsake you. In other words, let these things be at work in you. Let these things be part of who you are. Let them be in you. Because there are many things in life we can imbibe. There are a lot of different things we can allow into our lives. There's a lot of different things that we can entertain. There's a lot of different things we can tolerate, accept, or allow. But are they the things that God wants? Are they the things that God wants in our lives? You may think certain things you are allowing in are valuable. Because maybe someone has told you they're valuable. Or maybe uh, uh, someone has presented them as valuable. There may be things that you are allowing in your life that you think uh, are needed or are necessary. Maybe there are things you're allowing in your life that you think they are deserved. I deserve to have this. I need this. You don't understand. It's necessary that I have. But are they the valuable things God wants for you? Here God says in our passage, these things are what you need. So the question is, are they at work in you? Are they at work in you? Summed up in two simple statements. These two ideas, but they encompass such a broad range of impact in life. Number one, steadfast love. This idea, it is an attitude. Love is an attitude. It's how you approach things. It's a decision. To love is a choice. It's deliberate. You make a decision. Steadfast love, it's a commitment. I am going to do this and I'm committed to it. It's a worldview. It's how you look at life and how you process it. Steadfast love, it's a priority. I'm prioritizing that this is going to be at work in my life. I will love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. This is the greatest commandment. And we can, we can understand that verse. We can hear it. We can know it. We can recite it. But is it your attitude, a decision, a commitment, your worldview, your priority? I will love my spouse. I will do what is necessary to communicate that love, to show that love, that it is my priority. After God, that it is the second most important thing in my life, my spouse. Maybe it's your children. This steadfast love towards your kids and how you show and express that. Maybe it's for the lost. 
Right? When Jesus looked at the multitudes, the Bible says in a number of scriptures that he looked at them with compassion. He didn't look at people and see problems. He didn't look at them and just say, oh man, look how filthy sinners they are. He didn't look at them and say, man, they got there because of their own choices. They got there because of their own poor choices for sin, because of their own rebellion. No, the Bible says when he looked at the multitudes, there was a compassion. He was moved to minister to them. He was moved to heal them, to take time with them. Steadfast love. Steadfast love is, is a choice, it's a decision, it's an attitude, a commitment, a priority for new converts. Those who newly are new, uh, uh, coming into the faith. Steadfast love is an attitude, a decision, a commitment, a worldview, a priority for your pastor, for your church, for your ministry. For your church family, all of these different ways that it's going to work out in life. And this is more than just words. This is more than just ideas or thoughts. This is revealed. It's shown in actions. It's lived out and it's observable. You can see it. Steadfast love, faithfulness. Faithfulness is also an attitude. A decision, a commitment, a worldview, a priority. Faithfulness recognizes what is important and true and joins to that. You connect yourself to that. To be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. And often we can hear the word disciple and in the culture of our fellowship, we think men that want to preach the gospel, but a disciple is simply a learner. It's a follower of Jesus Christ. So I will faithfully bind myself as a disciple, as a learner of Jesus Christ. I will faithfully commit myself and devote myself to my spouse. I will faithfully commit myself as a parent for my children. I will faithfully commit myself and join myself to be a friend in in the seasons of life and show myself friendly toward others. I will faithfully commit myself to my ministry. I will faithfully commit myself to my pastor or to my calling or fill in the blank. These are attitudes, decisions, commitments, worldviews, priorities. God says these are valuable. These are valuable things. And God says, whatever you pursue in life, do not let these things forsake you. Don't let these things, if there's something you're going to lose in life, don't lose this. If there's something you're going to let go of in life, don't let go of these. If there's something you're going to drift from, don't drift from this. Because these are the valuable things. Let's think secondly about wearing success. Wearing success. So what does God want us to do with these? Steadfast faithfulness and love. Does he want us to just know about them? Does he want us to just talk about them? Does he want us to just preach about them? Recite them? 
put them on a Hobby Lobby sign. Right, you go through Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby. And you have all these, you know, Proverbs, steadfast love and faithfulness. You put it over your kitchen. You're not even faithful to feed the cat or whatever, you know. <laughs> doesn't just want them present. He's verse three, bind them. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. In other words, wear them. Let them become part of who you are. Let these become part of what you do. Part of how you live. Let them define you. Pastor Greg just preached on Wednesday night a sermon titled, What Are You Known For? When people look at your life, what are you known for? When people think about you, what are you known for? Pastor Beswick just texted me a a message tonight and he said me and uh, Nancy were playing a little a little game here with these cards and questions. And the question was, who is the most optimistic person, you know, said the answer was unanimous, Jesse. I thought, well, that's good. That's a plus. What are you known for? I noticed your name didn't come. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Shots fired. No. Right? What are you known for in life? Do these things, do they define you? Amplified version of our passage. Do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Bind them securely around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Bind them. Bind them. It means to tie. To be bound to. When I read this and I began to study this out, I began to think about this idea of a yoke. A yoke that was used in times before machinery. They would place this instrument upon an animal, an ox, a donkey, and they would place these yokes on them. These uh, were fastened to their necks, uh, placed securely. And these yokes directed where that animal plowed. These yokes determined where it went. And that's the imagery here to be something bound around your neck. It's secure. It's fastened. It's directing you. It's determining your responses. It's determining your disposition. It determines your choices. Is this a choice of, of steadfast love and faithfulness? Is this directing me in steadfast love and faithfulness? Is this uh, determining steadfast love and faithfulness? To some to hear that it may seem hard. And sometimes it might be. It may seem painful. It sometimes might be. 
It sounds sacrificial. And it sometimes might be. But this yoke is right. Matthew eleven twenty nine and 30. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the words of Jesus Christ as he's saying, take my yoke upon you. Take this, uh, fasten it, bind it to yourself. Let me direct you. But my yoke is easy and burden is light. Some scholars have commented on this. Uh, that that doesn't mean life is just going to be a breeze. Uh, that everything's going to be easy or happen so simple. But what it means is that it fits Right. It's, it's, it's God's design for your life. I'm going to tell you, I ran from calling for some years and it just, there was such an unfulfillment in these, in things I was doing, but stepping into the will of God, it was right. It was where I needed to be. It's where God wanted me to be. That yoke fits Right how it needs to. It says write them. So bind these things to your neck, but then write them on your heart. To write on your heart, this is the idea of engraving them. Engraving it into your very fiber of your being to record them. Where on your heart, in your innermost being. That is where the Bible says in, in Proverbs, guard your heart for from it flow the springs of life. What's in there is going to flow out into every arena of life. What's in your heart will flow into your salvation, will flow into your marriage, will flow into your parenting, will flow into your convictions, will flow into every part of life. But if you will... Engrave steadfast love and faithfulness. And that flows. Those two qualities, those two valuable things will flow into every arena of life. They will be your natural responses. They will be your instinctive responses. They will become your, your default. Ezekiel 36, 26, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. You know, sometimes we need in life is a good heart transplant. But God can take certain things out and put certain things in. Where God can remove certain scar tissues that life has left and replace it with things that like faithfulness and steadfast love. See, if these things are missing tonight in your life, but these are who 
You want to be what? You want to be how you want to respond. These are the things God wants for our lives. We can ask for it. God, put that in me. We can pray for it. God, put that in me. I'm going to tell you, this is something, if God wants it, then that's a prayer he would want to answer. That's a prayer he would give you. If it's missing in your life, if it's missing in your salvation, if it's missing in your marriage, if it's missing in your ministry, if it's missing in your worldview, your attitude, if it's missing in your convictions, ask for it. Because it's valuable. Let's close. Let's think about the results of love and faithfulness. So why why do we want this? It's not just because God said so, although that would be valid. But see, God is, he goes beyond that. When we obey God, this is how God is. He rewards us. Verse 4, right? We've talked about steadfast love and faithfulness. Verse 4, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. See, God delights in a person with steadfast love. God takes delight in the person that has faithfulness, who is faithful, because these qualities are who God is. As I said in the introduction, these are representations of His character, of His nature, of who He is. He is a faithful God. Even when we are not faithful, God is faithful. Because He is a loving God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Because this is His characteristics, and when He sees that, He takes delight in it, and He blesses it. Our Scripture says, with favor and good success. Favor and good success, first with God. That word favor means grace. The grace of God at work in your life. The grace is this, it's, it's, it's so broad. We can say grace is uh, uh, unmerited favor, but in this context, that grace is this gifts that are deposited into our lives. It's the idea of covering. He's overshadowing. He's at work in your life. Secondly, is good success. This word means insight, understanding, discretion. In other words, it's wisdom. What is the most valuable thing in life? Wisdom. Pastor Greg, my pastor and the the leader of our fellowship, he says, every morning I pray for wisdom. 
And I can't tell you how many times he says uh, to uh, to the disciples, to us on staff as as pastors, uh, he always says, I pray for wisdom. Men will ask questions. He goes, it comes back to that wisdom thing, which is why I always pray for wisdom. That is the most valuable thing. So here is this, when we have steadfast love and faithfulness, there's this covering, this grace, and wisdom. Wisdom for life, direction, clarity, knowing what to do, when to do, how to do. That's the first blessing, but there's a second blessing. Verse 4, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. You will have favor and good success With people. With people. People will be drawn to you when you bind yourself to these qualities. People gravitate because there's something, it's supernatural. It's supernatural. Luke 16, 11. Who will trust you with the true riches of heaven. What are the true riches? People. People are the true riches. That is, that is what God is talking about in that passage. And so what there is, this grace and good success with God and man is that a grace can be at work in relationships. A grace can be at work Right, people will want to be around you. And that's a good thing. Because we're in the people business. People are, are, are what we are for. I was just talking to my wife as, uh, uh, you know, just witnessing and, and talking with people just as we've been around. And, and I said, man, there's just nothing like witnessing when people are open and drawn. But that's God. That's God-given. That's God-deposited. And good success. What does that mean for us with people is fruitfulness, impact, influence on a people group, on an area, in a region, within a state, within a nation. What does the city of Rochester need? Does the city of Rochester need? What do your children need? Does your church need? Does a pastor need? Does a congregation need? What does a ministry need? A people that will bind themselves to steadfast love and faithfulness who will write it on the tablet of their hearts that in all of life, this is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to do. And they will unlock in that favor and good success with God and man. Amen. Let's have every head bowed. And every eye closed, amen. Do appreciate, again, your faithfulness 
do appreciate all who are here tonight. Before we pray together and before many come to this altar and before we pray for the sick tonight, I want to give an opportunity for salvation. You're here tonight and you are not right with God. You are not born again. You are not saved. You do not have the assurance of sins forgiven tonight. There are things in your life you know that would keep you out of heaven that are keeping you from your relationship with God. There are addictions. There are habits that have formed that you know are destructive. They've destroyed parts of your lives. There's dis- they're destroying areas of your life. Tonight there are battles, mind battles, depression, anxiety, fear, suicidal thoughts. There are traumas and hurts where you are stuck in life. They've left their mark and you can't get past them. Tonight, Jesus Christ is your answer. You can repent and turn away from your sin and invite Jesus Christ into your life. You can be born again. You can be made whole. You can be made new tonight through a simple prayer. A prayer of repentance. God, I recognize my sin. And I recognize my need for you and I want to give my life to you. If that's you tonight, you want to get right with God, you want to get saved, you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, well, I want to help you to pray tonight. Would you lift your hand? Pastor, that's me. I'm not right with God. I want to get right tonight. I see this hand. How many others? I see that hand. How many more right now? You join these honest hearts. Yes, yes, that's me. Maybe you're backslidden. One time you were right with God. One time you were living for God. Tonight you're far from God. Lift it high where I can see it. Join these honest hearts. I see those hands. You can put those down. How many more? How many more right now? Lift it high where I can see it. Pastor, I need Jesus. I need a miracle. I want to turn from my sin. I need a new start. God's dealing with you. God's drawing you. God's tugging on your heart. You join these honest hearts. Yes, that's me. I need to be born again. I need to be right with God. I'm not asking tonight if you're part of a church. I'm not asking tonight if you can quote some scriptures. I'm not asking tonight if you were baptized as a child. I'm not asking tonight if you prayed one time a long time ago. I'm asking, are you born again today? Are you born again today? If you cannot answer that with assurance tonight, Jesus Christ is tugging on your heart. You join these honest hearts right now. Pastor, I want to get right with God. Amen. Amen. As heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You, look, you lifted your hand. Look at me. You meant that tonight. I believe that you did. You meant that tonight. Amen. Would you just stand where you're at? Amen. I don't do this to embarrass you, but I want to invite you to come. I want to invite you to come. I have a man pray with you. I'm going to have a woman pray with you. God bless you. I appreciate your honesty. God's going to help you tonight. Amen. God bless you. I have a Steve coming up. He's going to pray with you, and Grace is going to come and pray with you. You guys can find a place here and pray together. And others are going to come to the altar. Steadfast love and faithfulness are those on the tablets of your heart. Are those at work in your life? Are those at work in your marriage? Are those at work in your parenting? Are those at work in your ministry? Are those at work in your relationship with God? Are those at work in your business? Are those at work in your finances? Are those at work in your life? This altar is prepared.
this is who I want to be. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to respond. Amen. Let's stand together. We're going to sing just for a few moments, allow you some time to pray. Then we're going to pray for a few needs tonight. Uh, Amen. I want to, uh, we can sing a chorus right now. Hallelujah. Above all powers, above all kings, above all nature and all created things. Wisdom and know the ways of man, and you here before the world begins. Above all kingdoms, above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world is ever Treasures of the earth, and there's no way to measure what you're worth. And crucified, you laid behind a stone, you lived to die, rejected and alone like a rose. Trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me.